The only way to change me is maybe to my brains out Stuck in the middle of the game to get the pain out Pray to my God every day, but he don't listen to And the 49ers fall to the Seahawks, they now fall to 6-6 six and six on the season and, But it's the Cincinnati Bengals up next for the 49ers And they got embarrassed by the Chargers It was 41-22 the final at their home stadium in Cincinnati And now the 49ers go on the road, they gotta go make some disruptions Kind of a matchup between two teams that have had very up and down seasons. You know, we gotta win that fight. We gotta get in with those socials. Stupid for Johnny. We do it for Johnny. And now, now, from Candlestick Point in San Francisco, California, it's the Stick, Stick, Stick 49er Podcast Show. Sore. It was, it was a dogfight. It was, I mean, it, we knew that going into the game, though. It's always, you know, whatever the records are between these teams, it's always going to be a 60-minute game, and you know, that was a battle. It really was. There was some sore guys out there, both sides of the ball, but you know, at the end of the day, we just got to finish that drive. game just pissed me off Niner fans and as you can tell I'm pretty much laryngitis I yelled my ass off at that game Lucas and I were in attendance and it's too bad because what a game and it's just one or two plays man that would have changed that game Lucas are you there I'm here buddy that hurt <laughs> that that loss hurts so much more and, it, and it's 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 so much worse that it happened in Seattle and that we're I think both of us were about 20 rows from the field. I mean, it looked like you had a pretty good view on your side. I was down close coming. So uh, you were at least in the sea of Niner fans. Man, I was in the home section. Right. Just trying to hold my own. <laughs> and we, we saw the good, the bad, and the horrendously ugly, right? Yep. That game had it all. I mean, just think of all the ups and downs, highs and lows that that game gave us. It was an incredible performance by both teams, but a lot of bad mistakes at the same time. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Niners fall to 500 again, which is so unfortunate, man. We went and saw the game, was really hoping for a win, and the Niners lose to the Seahawks 30-23. to 23. Welcome to another edition of the Stick Podcast. Uh, I'm Lucas McLaughlin, and I'll try to talk as best I can, but obviously, you can tell, I lost my voice during that game. I was going to say, we both sound like we smoked 50 cigars this weekend, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, a little raspy today. A little raspy. A lot of shouting, a lot of screaming, a lot of... <laughs> so I'm hearing a lot of people blaming Jimmy G. And, you know, those two... I'm those one of them. ...interceptions were pretty awful. And he finishes with almost 300 yards passing and two touchdown passes. And obviously, George Kittle, geez, man, we need him to to step up and he does. And we were just one or two plays away from winning that game. I mean, come on. It's not just the turnovers. It's the poorly thrown passes. Yes. He did have some big plays on third down. And yes, there were some drops some key drops. Ayuk and juice tech had one that he couldn't come down with, 
that it was just a couple of overthrown passes. He was throwing high all game, and it, it just really disrupted our offense. Every time we got the ball going, rolling, and we were on some good drives, he would just uncork a really bad ball. And it would be lacking a guy on stride or just making him elevate and come down to the ground and not be able to hold it, uh, as in the case of that that big IU drop, which looked like a catch oh. uh, first glance, but it was overruled on the replay. So, yeah, it's more than the turnovers. It's more than the fourth and one quarterback keeper. I mean, I don't know what that play call was all about, but if you're going to run that play, I want to see Trey Lance run it. I don't want to see 4940 Jimmy Garoppolo run that play. Granted, we went at one point and had 18 unanswered points and the Seahawks didn't play their greatest game. We just kept letting them crawl back into this game. And if you look at uh, the first half, at the end of the half, I thought, you know, we, we had a chance here. And then, well, actually in the second quarter, Seahawks scored two touchdowns. So, but the initial thing was that fake punt where they got that touchdown. That should never have happened. We should have been prepared. They, they tend to do fake punts over the years. And that kind of thing, that's just unexcusable. And then the other one that really bugs me, and I'm just going to get it out while I still have a voice, is when you get down in the trenches, Compton, what's going on, man? You can't just crumble like that in the end zone. I mean, Jimmy had no chance on that safety, and that, that just can't happen. Yeah, it was compounded mistakes. It was mistakes the very first play of the game, all throughout the middle of the game, and absolutely at the end when we're on that that last drive to to try to tie the game and just couldn't put it through at the was it the two yard line? These are just mistakes that a good team doesn't make. You know, if you're a team that executes well and cuts out the penalties, cuts out the overly thrown high balls and the balls that should never be made in the first place. You, you don't, you don't come out with a, a loss in that game. We did too many good things to lose that game. Unfortunately, the Seahawks made one less bad play than we did. And as bad of as a team as they've looked all year and didn't show me anything otherwise, other than uh, a couple of Russell Wilson, nice drives that were, that were made because we, we had some really stupid penalties on that, that one drive, I think the end of the half, the first half, we looked like we uh, were going to go in by two-score lead, and Russell Wilson was able to extend plays because of late call, late hit to the quarterback, and I think there was a helmet-to-helmet on one of those plays that extended that drive. So you just can't have those. can't do that to us. can't shoot yourself in the foot. Definitely. And now there's something bigger going on, and that is the fact that, yeah, we still have a chance. Like I just looked online. They said 64% chance of still making the playoffs. And hopefully that magical Jimmy Garoppolo will show up and we can actually do something in the playoffs. But like you just said, when you lose to a team that you should have beat like this, and it wasn't a, you know, it was a tough environment away, but they, they played well enough to where one or two plays would have changed that. And then we would have won that game. It would be looking at a whole different ball game, but instead we just couldn't pull it off. And it doesn't help that now Mosley had a high ankle sprain that really hurts us because not only do we not have Verrett, you know, and we're already looking at, you know, Josh Norman, he's doing great out there for somebody that shouldn't really be out there, to be honest. Like he's, he's good, but he's also the guy that should be coming in on the nickel package. Now you got him off the street. He's start, he's starting already. And, you know, he has his good moments and bad moments, but he had a lot of bad moments. I don't think he had a good game at all. I thought he had a very poor game. I'm going to have to, 
Well, that's what I mean is that now we're really screwed because Mosley is a huge part of our secondary. Right. And then Lenora had to come in and he, he got burned by DK Metcalf a bunch of times, including getting called for a, a pass interference in the, the back of the end zone. So they wound up taking Diamador out and putting in Dante Johnson. <laughs> he did okay for a bit. And then he had a st- stupid, you know, just unnecessary roughness or late, late hit penalty later on the game and you know he wasn't any better so we're really gonna have to figure it out hopefully Mosley can play this next game and we won't have to rely on Ambry Thomas or Diamondo Lenore or Dante Johnson yeah and that's the thing man the cockroach is back but he might be your best option yeah I mean depending right You, you know what like we made a ton of mistakes but think about this the Seahawks did everything they could to give us that game I know it's so sad. They turned the ball over two times in the within their own five yard line going in. Yeah. One was that crazy play that went off the, the tight end Everett where nobody was around him. So it was, it was blown coverage, hits him right in the hands. He drops it, but before it hits the ground, he kicks it up in the air. And who's there but K1 Williams to intercept the ball? Like you yeah. can't, I've never seen a play like that. So that happens. And then at the end of the game, it looked like they were going to go in for the touchdown to put them up by two touchdowns and pretty much ice the game and they fumble the ball on the one. Like, are you like, who, who writes this script? Like it was like set up for us to win that game. The Seahawks were trying to give us it and we just couldn't take it from them. Granted, you know, we should have tied it up at the end. We had a chance, right? Right. And that was not necessarily bad. Jimmy, as much as there were some blatant pass interference calls that were not called on their guys. Granted, we we never scored. So uh, the ball gets batted down, and that was just so disappointing, man. Especially not being at home and being and you and I being in that stadium and having to leave. I actually had some weird altercation with some Seahawks fans who just won the game. <laughs> so uh, they're pissed off that they won. Yeah. yeah, they're pissed off at the way they won. Because I think on your side was the the home team side, and it just seems like to be more Seahawks fans. Oh yeah. But I was sitting on the visitor side, and it just looked like a lot of red. Yeah. So maybe seeing. It was a physical game, and it sounds like it was pretty physical in the stands from where you were sitting. <laughs> yeah. So here we are now. We didn't, we couldn't stick with. They were kind of keying in on the run, right? I mean, is that why Mitchell? The run game wasn't successful, but yeah, it was not a game where we we broke any big runs or even got consistently five plus yard runs. I think we maybe had a two or three, and one by Jeff Wilson was called back on a holding. Yeah. So we weren't getting those big chunk plays or those those nice Elijah Mitchell five to 10 yard runs that just, you know, break the heart, break the back of a defense and takes the energy out of them, sucks the win, so to speak. We didn't have one of those long drives until the end of the game and we we couldn't finish it off. Yeah. Still all the while Kittle had nine receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns. Amazing game. Amazing game. After being so quiet last week. Yeah. And then if we have a game like that out of Kittle and Debo's healthy you know, I see us doing better. You know, hopefully, is Debo going to come back next week or is he out again? We we don't know. They're going to have a press conference and kind of give an updated injury report. So we'll see what his deal is. Fred Warner, I expect to play. I mean, he could have possibly have played this week, but I think they held him out against his own well. Debo, I, I have a good feeling about him. I think I think he's going to be ready to go. Looks like Marcel Harris will be coming off the, the concussion protocol. Oh, and... The news of the day yesterday was that after leaving the game, 
with an apparent head injury, Elijah Mitchell was cleared, came back into the game and finished it. But then Monday, um, it looks like he he had some symptoms and was showing signs of uh, concussion. So they put him into the protocol. So who knows how long he's going to be in there. It could be three to five days. It could be longer if it's it's, it's a really bad deal with the, the concussion. So you never know with the concussion protocol. It's not a set time. It's passing certain tests and showing no symptoms over the course of three or four days. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, we could sure use them. And I guess and on a positive note, I mean, it was tough to see Cannon get the ambulance pulled out there on the first freaking play. That yeah, the first kickoff of the game. Yeah, it was, it was brutal. That was about a 20-minute delay. And then the, the first quarter seemed like it took about an hour. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was exhausted after the first quarter. Yeah. It just seemed like it was so long, so many – Plays were ran, uh, not a lot of time ran off the clock because there's so many incompletions and turnovers yeah. and then some touchdowns. So it just took forever, right? Like it was crazy. Automatically you think like, oh no, a spinal injury. But I guess the, the good news is that that's a likely just a concussion. Yeah. Bad one. Yeah. The announcement is that he was in the hospital, but it just as a precautionary thing for a concussion. Yeah. And you know, I mentioned that, that Tom Compton gave up that big safety and, uh, he had a pretty rough one, but let's get down in the trenches with Luke and Down in the trenches with Luke Ortiz. Down in the trenches. I'm going to have to rewatch this game. As weird as that sounds, I, I don't want to rewatch it. When You don't want to rewatch the loss, but be, being at the game is a lot different than seeing it on TV. So I will check it out tonight, but go ahead and give us your breakdown. So everyone's going to think of this game and remember that the ground game never really was successful. Like we, we tried to run the ball on them, but they were loading the box and they knew our plays. They knew what our go-to plays were, the, the tackle runs, the, the tosses, um, some of the misdirection runs that are, are really good with Elijah Mitchell. So they were able to stuff us pretty well. And I think that had an effect on Jimmy's confidence. Like he was constantly having to throw on second and third down, five plus yards to gain or sometimes even more because of penalties Yeah, and the offensive line didn't really open up a lot of big holes. You know, Kittle was, was blocking pretty well on the outside, but it doesn't take, takes more than just one guy. It needs, you need everybody working cohesively. You need the backside guard getting to the second level, the backside tackle walling somebody off. And of course the guys on point getting their guys to at least stalemate or go back a couple of years. And that just wasn't happening. They were getting penetration on us. A lot of times Elijah Mitchell was was lucky just to get a couple yards on a play where it looked like it was going to be a, a negative loss. So they didn't really do a good job in the run the run game. You know, they only the Seahawks only had one sack, if I can remember right, but that sack was huge. Yeah. That was the Tom Compton sack yeah. for a safety at a crucial part of the game. Um, we just made a huge stop turnover. And, you know, if he he doesn't get ran over like freshman green behind the ear oh. never played football before in his life player <laughs> jimmy probably could have converted that third down and, and extended the drive so that was a huge play i think that was the only time that there was actually a sack but there was a lot of pressure on jimmy he had escaped pressure a couple times i think he scrambled for a couple plays to get some positive yardage um and there was that big tip that was also on compton's man that compton gave up way too much ground and allowed the defender to get right in jimmy's face get that big pop and tipped the ball that would have probably been a, a game winning or game tying touchdown Out. to Trent Sherfield at the end of the game. Yeah. So overall wasn't the worst 
pass grade I'm going to give them. I, I think they're about a B. It's just those one or two plays were, were huge and at the worst possible time. It's kind of like how we we criticized Mike McGlinchey last year. You know, he didn't have a ton of bad plays on offense as a pass blocking tackle, yeah. but it just seemed to come at the worst possible time at the end of the game when you really had to have that guy blocked and they would get to Jimmy and, and sack him on a possibly game time drive. So that's what happened this game. Compton, his mistakes were very loud and not when you want them to happen. You kind of, you know, hopefully they are going to happen towards the beginning of the game or, you know, somewhere not as in an important spot of the field as backed up on your own five. Trent, Trent Williams, he had a good game. I'm never going to like criticize him too much. Like his, his guys were pretty much blocked uh, at all times. I don't think he gave up a pressure or a sack. He did a pretty good job in the run game. Same thing with Lakin Tomlinson, although he did have a bullshit holding call. I looked back at that game a couple times and, really was just struggling to to find any reason to call a holding on the, the play that he was called for. Alex Mack, kind of ups and downs. Like, he, he missed a lot of blocks, but nothing that would, would you know, say that, you know, it really had an effect on the game. So even though he may miss a couple blocks right here, it didn't, you know, cause a, a big play for the Seahawks or a negative play for, for us. So he had an okay game. You know, he probably played like a C or D level. and. Brunskill, Brunskill was solid. He was good. He, he probably quietly is, has really gotten better over the last three weeks. I don't know what it, he's doing or what what's kind of flipped in him, but he's played really well. He doesn't really give up a lot of pressure like he used to. I think he's kind of gotten a little stronger as the season's progressed physically and mentally, and it shows. Like He's playing at a B, almost A level now. And that's, you know, at, at first, in the beginning of the season, I was kind of worried after those first three or four games. But now I have a lot more confidence in him. And then, you know, we have a backup playing right guard, right tackle right now in Tom Compton. I would prefer seeing Jalen Moore. Me too. I think he's a better pass protector, and I think he's just as good of a run blocker. So, yeah, man. you know, maybe Kyle makes the makes the, the switch back to Jalen Moore, right tackle. I would say that your critique is right on point, though. You're right, because it comes down to they weren't awful, but there was just a couple of really critical points where, you know, we had – like especially Compton crumbling. Yeah. So overall, as a team, the offensive line was, I'd give them a C plus. Now on the defensive side of the ball, we actually played pretty well. Oh yeah. Defensive line. we got to them. We got to Russell Wilson, Russell curls, Wilson <laughs> four times with, with a forced fumble that we almost got and weren't able to, to pounce on, but Bosa started the party, I think with that strap strip sack fumble and, I think it was went off for like a negative 30 yard play. Eric Armstead had a sack. Arden Key had a sack. Yeah. So there's one other guy that had a Willis. sack on the team. Jordan Willis. Jordan Willis. Good call. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they, they didn't really allow a lot of runs by, you know, future hall of famer, Adrian Peterson. Granted, <laughs> this was his first game on the team and probably had a limited grasp of the, the playbook, but he's still Adrian Peterson. He, yeah, when he's not beating his children, he's actually, you know, he, he's always been a good football player. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Hey, don't forget, he's 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 <laughs> oh, cheap best friends with, with Trent Williams. So oh. I'd be careful what you say about, about AP, unless you want Trent Williams <laughs> coming around. Yeah, they actually own a gym together. So, you know, it doesn't yeah, get any easier this week, but let's hope that they can uh, have a bigger running game next week against the Bengals. And then we'll get back down in the trenches with Lucas Ortiz. Slip, slip.
Bengals this week, which hopefully we can get some guys healthy because it's not looking great. But if we can get some more wins, we can still make the playoffs and hopefully we'll have more good Jimmy than bad Jimmy. It doesn't look like they're ready to put Trey in anytime soon unless we lose this game, obviously, then I, I would assume to see Trey for the rest of the way. As the weather gets colder and colder, especially out here in the, the East Coast. Although, you know what? We were in Seattle this weekend, and it was fucking oh, it's cold. really <laughs> cold. <laughs> I, that was the first game I've ever been to where if I didn't have my coat on, I was shaking. Like I had a, I had a hoodie on, a thermal, a beanie, gloves. I was wearing a, a warm winter coat, and I took it off for about five minutes, and that sucker went right back on. <laughs> so like I was saying, as it gets colder and colder, hopefully bad Jimmy will start to hibernate, <laughs> and good Jimmy will come out to play because I don't want to see bad Jimmy for the rest of the season or ever again unless he's on the, another team. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Unless, he's, unless he's playing for the, the Saints next year, then, then bad Jimmy can come out anytime you want. So give me a couple of keys to victory against the Bengals and your final scores. We need to get back to what we do best, and that's run the ball. We, we need to run over 100 yards. I want Elijah Mitchell to have four-plus yards per carry. Fingers crossed that he plays. You know? We need to assert our will. We need to force our will and run the ball 35-plus times. That's going to be the, the most important thing. That's what's going to get their defense tired and keep their potent offense off of the field. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is with Joe Burrow, but uh, I heard he had some kind of a mangled pinky thing. Oh, gee. You know, maybe, maybe Ronnie Lott has something to say about what to do about that. Wrap <laughs> <laughs> it off and put me back in, Kirk. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know what, what his status is for the game. He, he'll probably play and just, you know, cut it off and tape it. So... Yeah. They have a they have a loaded team. So defensively, our team needs to cover, and we can't commit stupid pass interference. You know, I almost rather play the ball, go for you know, read their read their eyes, and when they try to catch it, try to punch it as they catch it, as opposed to grabbing and panicking and doing the Emmanuel Mosley, you know, MMA grapple hold, <laughs> you know, or the Josh Norman, just get burnt and not even be anywhere close. To the receiver and pray that he overthrows it and then talk shit because he got overthrown. He had a great yeah. Like, did you see that? He got burnt yeah. by DK Metcalf, but Russell Wilson overthrew the ball by 10 yards. And then he goes into the camera and starts talking shit. Like he did anything. He was like 10 yards away from the, the receiver. It was just poorly thrown ball. Oh, so we need to cover. And I want to make sure that Joe bro doesn't beat us with the deep ball. You know, they got a, that outstanding rookie Jamar chase. He's had a big season. He's probably going to be in the, the top three for, for rookie of the year. And Joe Mixon's uh, way above average back. He can beat you in the, out of the backfield as the receiver. He's a great runner. He's got a lot of skills. And Tyler Boyd, the tight end, he's, he's another top-notch tight end. Like, not as good as Kittle, but, you know, he's a top-10 tight end nonetheless. So we're going to have a big challenge come this Sunday, and we'll see how it goes. I think, I think that game was flexed to the – the late game, right? Even though it's in Cincinnati, it's going to be oh yeah, going to be a sorry, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Oh, okay. so okay, got it. Yeah, not quite prime time, but <laughs> better than better than having me grouped with all those early games. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a little more attention, I think, in the afternoon. Nice, cool. So give us the final score. So final score. This will be a game. I think the defense gets their their mojo back and and keeps the Bengals 
to under 15 points. I'm going to say Bengals 14, 49ers 36. We're going to have a big game running. Jimmy's going to have a nice bounce back game. Everybody's going to be talked off the the ledge and, you know, no one's going to, you know, right off the season and be like, oh, okay, it was just a one-off. He had a kind of a weird, stupid game where he threw the ball to Bobby Wagner two times or one time. And <laughs> we got the other, we got the other interception digs. I think he threw one right to digs. <laughs> We're going to serve up the, the Bengals 36 to 14. How do you see it, brother? I'm going to want to see a, a big dose of good Jimmy. And I, and I want to see some, maybe two touchdown passes and one that he runs in. And I want to see a lot of rushing, just like you said, but uh, I'm going to say Niners 35 Bengals 28. There you go. Oh, before we get out of here, I want to, I want to thank you again for that second serving of keto shortbread cookies. Oh yeah. I especially like the lemon ones. Nice. So keep those coming. You have my address. <laughs> um, yeah. Met up before the gate at a restaurant next to the stadium, and he pulls out this bag of cookies, and my eyes just light up, and I say, "Cookies." Guy behind the counter asked me if I wanted a cookie. Right? I'm not trying to be paranoid, but my brain was just sitting there going, "Like, dude, what kind of a man asks another man if he wants a cookie?" This guy thinks you're soft or something. Oh, you want a cookie? Huh? You want a cookie there, cupcake? Cookies. I feel like the cookie monster. Yeah. I just needed a glass of milk. I was drinking a Bloody Mary, but a glass of milk would have been pretty good about that time. So. You know what the sad thing was? Was I wanted a cookie. Oh, I would have loved one. Sit there with a big glass of milk like a four-year-old. Who doesn't love a cookie? You know? But I say it. I say I want a cookie. You don't fuck it. I say it. I say I want a cookie. I bring it up. But if you bring it up, you do it subtle. You don't just yell it across the restaurant. You want a cookie, you pussy? 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 Yeah, yeah. No, I'm glad you like them, man. Um, Fun weekend. You know, win or lose, that that stadium is amazing. Seattle, I may hate the team, but I love the city and I love the, the stadium. It's one of the cooler experiences as a fan I've, I've ever... I've ever got to to be at um, yeah. the outside of the stadium, the whole touchdown city. It was a pretty pretty legit experience. So I mean, hopefully we'll do it again next year, man. Give him a little fun. love. Yeah, I mean, I like your quarterback. I mean, I like your coach. <laughs> All right, man. Go Niners. Go Niners, man. All right, take care. Later. If I know that in this hotel room they have food every day and I'm knocked on the door every day to eat and they tell and they open the door, let me see the, the party, let me see like them throwing salami all over the I mean just like throwing food around where they're telling me there's no food in here. You know what I'm saying? Every day I'm standing outside trying to sing my way in. 
You know what I'm saying? We are hungry, please let us in. We are hungry, please let us in. After about a week, that song is going to change the, we hungry, we need some food. After two, three weeks, it's like, you know, give me a little breaking out the door. And after a year, and you just like, you know what I'm saying? I'm picking the lock, coming through the door, blasting. You know what I'm saying? It's like you hungry, you reached your level, you don't want any more. We asked 10 years ago. We was asking with, the, we was asking with them, you know, the civil rights movement. We was asking, you know, now, now those people that were asking, they're all dead and in jail. So now what do you think we're going to do? And we shouldn't be angry. And my raps that I'm rapping to my community shouldn't be filled with rage. You know what I'm saying? They shouldn't be filled with the same atrocities that they gave to me. In the media, they don't talk about it. So in my raps, I have to talk about it. And it just seems foreign because you know what I'm saying? No so it's like all, all the society is doing is leeching off the ghetto. They use the ghetto for their pain, for their sorrow, for their culture, for their music, for their happiness, for their movies, to talk about boys in the hood. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to be another young. I don't want to be 50 years old at a BET We Shall Overcome um, Achievement Awards. You know what I'm saying? Uh-uh. Not me. You know, I want when they see me, they know that every day when I'm breathing, it's, it's, it's for us to go farther. You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. And that's our job is to spark somebody else watching us. We, we might not be the ones, but let's not be selfish. And because we're not going to change the world, let's not talk about how we should change it. I don't know how to change it, but I know if I keep talking about how dirty it is out here, somebody going to clean it up. This world is so